Uh, have you looked at the analytics recently? I have not. I should. Dude, okay. Um, go look at our top, if you've got it up and ready, but go look I, at our top-rated episode. This is just mm-hmm. awesome to me. This is just awesome. Let's see. All right, folks. I'm about to look at it for the first time since I asked all my Irish friends out there. And where do you see the top top episode at? I'm sh- honestly, I'm sure you can guess what it is, but it just I it feel like it's so Greyhound. It it is it is Greyhound. Yes, it is definitely Greyhound because it looks like it got it got 27 plays, and one of those is me. I'll tell you that up front. Yeah. Anyway, it's still well above and beyond what was our number one episode for the longest running time for literally the entire history of our podcast which was x-men one the 2000 x-men and because that was literally the first episode we did on the podcast and it kept it consistently remained the top episode for the longest time but now it, it got surpassed so quickly by greyhound literally in no time and every mm-hmm. time i looked at the at the anchor app it was like another play another play it was like 20 22 25 27 now so like thank you guys for listening to that we really do appreciate that uh that just I, I, obviously it's not a terrible a terribly large amount of plays but we still appreciate every single play that you guys give us so thank you for that absolutely guys that's that's awesome that you got us to 27 plays um we're three plays away from 30 that'd be cool if we could get 30 on that that's like all i'm asking mm-hmm. for yeah, I agree Three for sure. Plays. Three more plays, guys, and we got it. We got a, we got a winner. That would just be great. Like it's like, oh, thirty is not a big number to us. That is because we're the small, we're a little small podcast. You know, we don't, we don't do a lot. <laughs> so, but again, if we could get that <laughs> right. to thirty, I mean, that's that's the episode with our good friend Keon, who is the actor who acted in the film. A small part, but still, he was still in it with Tom Hanks. He had some excellent stories. Heck yeah, man. That'd be great. How's it going, guys? We are back again, and by we, I mean the Cinema Seekers. I'm Connor, and I've got my co-host here. I'll let him introduce himself. And I'm Freddie, here with Connor, as we seek out cinema once again this week for you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Um, We are... we. So, we listen to you guys, for once. We are actually doing... A movie that was recommended. Well, I guess technically P- Pirates was was a suggestion, but this is a suggestion that was taken directly from the Instagram post that Freddie posted a couple weeks ago. Um, and give you a second to guess what it is. And it's 2012. That did not come out in 2012. Came out in 2009, which is very odd to me. So the title of this is going to look very weird. But whatever, we'll bypass that. Uh, we'll Freddie, bypass that. <laughs> initial thoughts on this movie. <laughs> well, I, I think before I give initial thoughts, I should shout out the human 
who recommended us, and I'm looking at the name, and <laughs> oh, it yeah. says Bell Bell Faraby. I don't know this human being personally. Connor, do you know this human being personally? <laughs> so I, I do know this human being personally. Okay, um, okay. She actually, uh, she and her fiance are, are pretty good friends with me and Amanda. We met them at church um, years ago now, but uh, we, we've gotten pretty close with them. So I thought it was kind of funny that she actually suggested... Uh, she actually suggested a movie to watch, so that's kind of funny. But um, yeah, I do know Belle. She's awesome. So hey, Belle. Okay. I don't know well, if you're she listening did. to this, but uh, we, we watched your movie. <laughs> I, so <laughs> I, I mean, I hope you are because you suggested something. And if if you if you don't listen to any other episode, I hope you at least listen to this one. Like, my goodness, yeah, like, for it'd real. be kind of funny. We you suggest a film and you don't even listen to the podcast. I would be like, oh. Okay, I mean, thanks, but <laughs> need you to listen to it. That's the whole point. We did this. Maybe that's because... just your style. Maybe you're just trying to like you're just out to help other podcasts, and that's it. True, and that, true. That's, all, that's as far as you're going. <laughs> yeah, because uh, this is not the first movie I would have ever chosen to review. However, uh, it, it's it wasn't. It's this is going to be an interesting review because this movie is it's a movie that we watch. Um, I don't know about you, Connor, but I watched it this morning, and I was just like, okay, that's that was a movie. Um, it, it was like my second or third time viewing it, and I showed it to my girlfriend for the first time, and she wasn't impressed, and I wasn't impressed to begin with, but hey, it's a movie that we got to watch, so... I, I hope... Man, if, I, I, can, uh, I can feel your... Uh... Your frustration on this movie already so this is going to be an interesting because i also watched it today and um see i think there's something to say about watching movies with other people and kind of like feeding off of their energy in a way if that makes sense because um amanda my wife she literally like one of her favorite genres of movie is end of the world movies so she's had me watch a couple over the years and this is the first time I've seen this one. She had seen it before, of course, because it's like her favorite type of movie. But uh, she was getting into it. So as a result, I also got pretty into it. I liked the movie, man. Like, I, I had fun with it. So, I mean, it's not like the best thing in the world. Don't get me wrong, but we'll get into that. I mean, it's more of like an extraction level movie from the, like all the movies that we've already done. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I totally, I would definitely put it in its own vein of things. I do agree. It's to me, it's like a popcorn flick. You could sit down with a bucket of corn and just gnaw on it and watch all these people try to survive the yeah. end of the world. You know, it's just one of those movies that I'm not always into those types of movies. But hey, you know, people are into some of the stuff like that, and that's that's awesome i'm glad people can find enjoyment and it's pretty cool that amanda of all people likes disaster films i never expected <laughs> that from her i'm just gonna be honest right there <laughs> yeah it, uh, it surprised disaster me at first too she was like i think i can't remember the first movie that she got me to watch but like some what like she, she got me to watch uh planet z and or uh world war z sorry world war z, world war z. Okay, and okay. yeah and uh, the day after tomorrow, and I know there's some others in there too, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Have you have but, you seen um, San Andreas? No, I haven't. With the Rock, I haven't I seen, seen a lot either. of them actually. That's a but new people... one though, right? Like last couple years. Yeah, it came out a while ago. It came out while we were in high school. Okay, I 
I'm thinking of a different rock movie because he was in a bunch recently. Like yeah, I'm probably he's... thinking of like uh, the Tower one or something. Yeah, that one. That's a load of baloney. That movie. Uh, I would not recommend <laughs> that movie. Oh, I watched it. I wouldn't. <laughs> Personal choice. Personal choice. But I, I wouldn't give time to that movie. I mean, it sounds like a rip off Die Hard, and I've seen Die Hard, and I love Die Hard, so I probably won't watch it. And that's probably. One I guess of the unless you guys that... want us to. <laughs> I've I've never seen Die Hard. That's like one of those movies that I've never. Oh seen. Oh my gosh, Freddie! I've seen... Now it's my turn I've... finally to say, "Oh my gosh, Freddie." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've seen like the the sequels like i think i saw one the one with justin long and that one was really dumb but i was a kid like i didn't really care about that at that time but yeah i have not seen die hard however because of the show brooklyn 99 i really wanted to go watch it and see how good it really is because i know it's <laughs> the first one is like epic but i don't i haven't i've just never gotten around man. to it you know we're adding it to the list man adding it to the list Gotta watch. I'm sure. I haven't seen this. The last two. There's four of them total, but they're all oh, on my okay. uh, my movies anywhere digital. So we we have access to them if we want to do them at some point. I'm sure around Christmas time people will enjoy that. <laughs> hey, it's like debatably the best Christmas movie ever. So <laughs> so I've heard. So I'm definitely excited to go watch that. Mm. So right. yeah. Um, I'm 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 kind of with you on your initial assessment of the movie. Like it's it's definitely a popcorn <laughs> flick. Uh, this is 2012, not Die Hard. Um, kind of with you. Like I, I I did really enjoy it, but I I can find enjoyment in pretty much anything except for Fant Forstick. <laughs> it's gonna become our new Dark Phoenix, man. It's it's going to. <laughs> yep, I, um, I can I can get you there yeah but uh let's go ahead and start talking about um just give you guys a picture of of november 2009 when this movie came out some of the movies that were coming out and the first one just to get it out of the way is the ever popular twilight or the twilight saga new moon and that's because that was uh how that's the actual title of the movie yeah uh, a lot of people like these movies back then um, everyone went um, and saw including them us. because including us. I I know I know. Hey, I've never finished the series. I am proud to say, <laughs> but I, I did see this one. <laughs> oh god, that means I'm worse off than you. But yeah, I've seen the end. I've seen the Oof. end. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen I either of the last two because they I broke would. that one into two parts, jumping on the bandwagon of like Harry Potter and all the other ones. Like I don't understand the need for a two-part movie. Like <laughs> it doesn't get the complete right. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yep, but yep, those movies are coming out, and they're they're staying on the film industry now. And for some reason, people still like them. Like I don't know if you've been to Walmart lately, but because of that new book that came out, they mm. have like displays of the Twilight movies now because of that new book coming oh, out. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna it's about to have a big resurgence, and my fear is that someone's gonna be like, "Hey, you should review those Twilight films," and I'm just gonna, no. no, I'm just gonna have a bucket. I'm gonna have a bucket of crap just to be like, 
You want me to review them? I'm gonna have to be honest. <laughs> Brutally. There's no way. Unless we did like a Rob Pattinson like lead up to Batman or something like that. Like no, you know. I I don't like it. We've already discussed that. And even lead if we did do that, film, it'll be the yeah. Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! But yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie that came out everyone so if you like those movies currently um i don't know what's wrong with you but hey you know everyone likes what they <laughs> like so i can't touch that i guess it will oh my goodness and uh, i guess since we're, we're just gonna move away from that because i don't want to talk about it anymore it's just gonna bring up scars i'm with you but um the next one of the next popular movies that came out was the fantastic mr fox oh my goodness guys this is this is such a great movie you know directed by uh frick i forget his name it's wes anderson it's like one of his only animated films man it's his it's his first one he did do another one isle of dogs which I have the little collection uh. of because I love Wes Anderson's animated take on features because he, I don't know, he, he can do like live action films amazingly with his style, like Grand Budapest Hotel. But when it comes to his animated features, he always, he knows how to play to everyone. Like there's adult jokes in Fantastic Mr. Fox that only an adult can understand. It will go right over a kid's head. So you don't got to worry about stuff like that. <laughs> but Fantastic Mr. Fox is such a great movie. And Connor has told me that he has never seen it. So I'm just going to let you guys know. When Connor tells me he doesn't <laughs> like a film, we have to add it to a list, an invisible list, but a list where we're going to a watch it at list some point. At this point. <laughs> It's a lo- it is a long list. Like Connor, I have Die Hard, and you have fifty thousand movies on the list somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm right. sure at Come some point I, I haven't been we'll keeping st- track of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at some point we'll um, get to more movies that I haven't seen. But as of right now, I have seen way too many movies. Well, it was fan four stick, but that. That got settled. Well, so. <laughs> that got settled, and um, Connor was... I don't know how he feels about me anymore because of the results I gave <laughs> from that. <laughs> I'm sure many people questioned me after after that review. <laughs> I'm sure they We will. lost like 10 followers on Instagram. It was a sad... Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. I don't. I hope that doesn't happen. They'd be like, oh goodness, this um, guy likes Fan Forstick because he's only seen it once. Uh, anyway, we had uh, just two other movies that we wanted to mention just since they were kind of popular at the time. I don't know about you guys, but I watched this movie so many times. It's The Blind Side. And, like, it's not a bad movie. It's, you know, it's inspirational. It's It's, it's good, but, like... I got so sick of watching it because every, like, class in school wanted to watch it. They watched it at my church a couple times. Like, I got so sick of this movie, guys. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if other people had the same experience as I did. I'm sure they did because, like, I remember there was a time where this movie was looped at um, a Walmart I worked at. Um, oh, man. And that was for about a... That was, it was for a while. Like, I was never anywhere near it. I would just walk past it, thankfully. So, like, I don't have, like, this, like, oh, I've seen it too much. I've seen it enough. Like, I don't think I need to watch it anymore because, I don't know, I've seen it that many times. It's just, it was one of those movies that they 
wanted to show in school all the time because it was inspirational and all that jazz and everything like that. Yeah. It's like, why can't we watch Star Wars? Star Wars is inspirational, but no, no one wants to watch Star Wars. Or the Marvel films, for Christ's sake. They were always against nah, those dude, kinds of it movies. Was always, uh, it was always football movies or National Treasure. <laughs> or 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 finding nemo That's all you got or finding, or finding nemo. nemo i forgot i for, freaking forgot about find how could i forget we watched that 50 million times in, in grade school <laughs> like <laughs> we're scarred by that movie it's like if you don't know that movie word for word and you're in school when that movie came out you, you just don't know it then like that's it the amount of times <laughs> i've heard classmates recite p sherman 42 wallaby way I, I can't even <laughs> count it. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things, and um, of course, along with the Blind Side, I I remember watching this next movie in school. Should have been played way more because it's it was one of the last hand drawn animated features oh, yeah. that Disney did, and it was The Princess and the Frog. The Princess and the Frog is such a such a good movie like for an animated film and like even as a kid it's like, fantastic it's a princess movie but at the same time it has like these amazing aspects to it like i'm not a musical person but this movie i could probably watch over and over and be fine with especially with raymond are kind of a musical. raymond the little light bug yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then i just love like yeah i like you already mentioned it but like it was the last hand-drawn movie which is kind of breaks my heart a little bit because just the amount of work that goes into hand-drawn animation and like this is like this is where it 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 doesn't get better than this for this one Mm -hmm. the princess and the frog like i know we're not reviewing this movie but i have to give it some praise just because it's so good i love this movie man I love the even the villain like the I got friends on the other side. <laughs> I got friends on the other side. Are you ready? I love it. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, dude, it, it's Are classic. Ready? I feel like we have a bit of a little stronger tie to it because we used to live in Mississippi, and right across the way, yeah. like two hours away, was New Orleans. So it's like, uh, it kind of hits a little close home for us. But even people who don't have that connection, like it's, it's just one of those wonderful films that everyone can watch and enjoy. So yeah, agreed. um, unfortunately, that's, this is not the movie we're reviewing today, but those are some films (laughs) that came out around this one. I think the film that came out closest to 2012 was Fantastic Mr. Fox. That one came out the same weekend. And then, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. it, 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 I just, um, I've already seen the box office for this film. Um, Me too. And I'm just, I'm dumbfounded in the first place. <laughs> However, um, dude, I'm not. It, it, it was directed by Roland Emmerich. And Roland Emmerich has done some amazing films. He did the original Independence Day, he did Midway, he did The Unfortunate sequel to independence day he did the day after tomorrow he did the 1998 godzilla he did 2000s the patriot with mel gibson and he's done white house down like he has such a like great filmography as far as i can see 
Uh, and he even did Eight-Legged Freaks, which is a movie about giant spiders taking over a town. And I love spiders when I was a kid. <laughs> I would always get my parents to try and buy that film for me. And of course, my grandmother bought it for me unknowingly because she didn't know it was a bad movie. <laughs> but yeah. But Roland Emmerich, he's directed, he directed this film. So to me, his name is what brought people to this film mostly. And I guess just pure, like, out of pure um, intuition that people just wanted to see, what does a movie look like of 2012? Because, I mean, a bunch of people thought the world was going to end November 21st, 2012. So the fact that we're getting a movie about it just made people curious and people wanted to come see this film. And I'm getting to that. This movie had a $200 million budget, but it made $769.6 million US dollars, which is just, oh my goodness, that's way too much. I'm sorry. I don't think this movie should have made its budget back by a long shot, but it did. And more. It, it did pretty well for itself. Man. Yeah. I'm not even surprised. I, I guess I. Uh, you know what? What surprises me about that is the fact that it didn't come out in the summer, and this start strikes me more as a summer blockbuster, or like you know, like a popcorn flick of the summer. So that's kind of weird to me because I feel like you get more butts and seats, like June, July, uh, even August, than you do in November. So that's kind of mm-hmm. weird to me. Well, but I mean, who knows? At the same time, especially like, like especially back then, because. Um, we hadn't established that a movie could come out during that time and make a billion dollars because we all yeah. know later, 2015, Star Wars came and did that. But at this time, like that was unheard of. A movie making a billion dollars? like I'm sure $769 million is a-, a lot of money, especially for a November film. Like That's crazy to me that this movie, of all of them, it's almost like people didn't know what to go see at this time. I guess they were skeptical about Fantastic Mr. Fox and all these other movies that had come out because, yeah, I mean, if you look at the movies that came out around it, it was the only one I know notable is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Every other film is just eh. But like before 2012, Christmas Carol came out, and I mean, that was mostly for kids. I'm, and it's just funny that Twilight didn't knock it out of the spotlight because like Twilight came out not even two weeks after it. I don't know, but this movie made a lot of money for what this movie was, to be honest. And it, I'm a little dumbfounded that it made this much money. I just want to know what pulled people in because like this movie is full of people who have like a star power ish, like John Cusack, Woody Harrelson, Sandy Newton, Chiwetel mm-hmm. Ejiofor, Danny Glover. Like, I could keep going on because there's so many people who are, like, they're not, like, top-tier actors, but they're also not, like, bottom-tier actors. Like, you've probably seen them in a film or a TV show, something like that. It's it's just crazy right. that this film, like, almost tripled its budget. <sighs> almost. Well... Uh, you you bring up cast, but before we get into that, you said something, and I I need to verify this with you. Did you say that the day after tomorrow is this is a sequel to Independence Day? No, I was talking about the sequel to Independence Day. 
Like the same director directed oh. the sequel to Independence Day. Not okay, I know. was so confused. Though just the way you said it, my bad. No. Yeah, man, I didn't no, realize that. Uh, is not a sequel, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah good. I didn't realize that uh, Roland Emmerich was responsible for like half of uh, the world-ending movies, like pretty much all of my wife's favorite movies. <laughs> so that's really funny. There you go. <laughs> she loves Roland Emmerich. Then that's that's what you gotta say. Yeah, I guess so. You live in, you learn something new every day. All right, yeah. So uh, let's get into the cast. I mean, you already kind of hammered some of them off, but like uh, the the two main ones are John Cusack and Chitwell Ejiofor. Um, <laughs> so we'll, I guess we'll talk John Cusack real quick since he's on the, the first one on IMDb. Um, I know he's a big name. I don't know a ton of the stuff he's in except for like sixteen candles. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not looking hard through it right now. So I know there's others that I probably know, but like, he's the the weird nerdy kid in 16 Candles because I watched that pretty recently for the first time. So that's why I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, to me, John Cusack is like the most okay actor of all actors. Like he's, but he's like okay enough to have like almost a household name. Because he's just mm-hmm. been in just certain movies like this one where it's like, oh, he was in that. And like there's a movie called Being John Malkovich I want to watch and see. And he's in that. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know. But yeah, John Cusack, he's he's an okay actor. I don't know. He, to me, he really doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't express a lot when he acts. Like that's just how I see him. Like, I don't know. I just, I've never well, been like a huge fan of him yeah see like i know that he's been in movies since this one was produced and and released but like it it really does seem like by the time he was in this movie all of his bigger films were kind of out of the way already like they had happened in like the the nine that well even like even as early as the 80s i guess but like mainly the 90s and the early 2000s was more his his heyday is what it seems like just by looking through his imdb portfolio but, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't mind him in the movie. I think you're kind of right. Like, he, he doesn't really, like, show any emotion other than, like, I gotta, I gotta save my kids in this movie, basically. Which, when he does it, I mean, it's a, it's effective because, like, he's usually with his daughter that he's trying to not, not let her get scared or whatever, you know. So, I didn't mind it, but it's not, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my thoughts know. on him. John Cusack is John Cusack. I guess if you like him, it's great. But uh, I don't know. He's just, he's not a really great actor, in my opinion. He's just kind of meh. And then I guess oh, we can go Chuchel Ejiofor. Ejiofor. He has one of those names that's just... Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're chewing on gum to me. Chuchel Ejiofor. Yeah. He was great in this movie. Like... I I generally like oh, yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor and everything he does. Like, like he's in The Martian. I like him in The Martian. I actually really like him so in this movie. In he was he was he was very charismatic in this film. Which like for a film like this, like he didn't have to bring his A game, but he brought it. So I was 
it kind of brought a little more life to the film for me with him being like a second runner up character. And then of course yeah, agreed, man. he's in Doctor Strange now and he's he he's going to be the bad guy in the next one. So I I can't wait to see him Lord in a role no. like that. So I've never seen him that. as a We've never seen him as a bad guy, I don't think. Yeah, kind of. He played he quick. voiced Scar in the live action Lion King. Yeah, but that that movie sucks. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with you, <laughs> but oh, you yeah, know he's in the I, old I, I guard. He was in he's the what? old guard, dude. The old guard. It's a Netflix movie that just came out. It's such a good movie. Haven't seen he it. plays. Oh, dude, it's such a good movie. And then he's also in the second Maleficent. He even, he plays a really awesome. Oh, like he is. In he's that, one, yeah. He's a good character in that film. I don't remember what he did in Four mm-hmm. Brothers. That's the only other movie I see that I know him from besides the movies I've already kind of rattled off. But yeah, I mean, He's great I, though, man. Like I I really like Chiwetel Ejiofor. Like he's he's one of the like rising actors now. Like he's rising to A-list and I I'm I'm kind of confident that Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness will will just push him further into that, especially working with with uh, Sam Raimi. Like I'm super excited for that movie, dude. I'm so yeah, dude, so excited for that. As far as this movie goes, I thought he was probably like the best actor in this entire film. So like, yeah, I mean, that, I, I that says agree. a lot. Like I know it's the subpar movie, but he he acted his guts out, and like I know it's not like the best performance ever, but like. It's a genuine performance, I feel. Like, he feels like he's human, especially a lot more than John Kushak <laughs> to me, personally. I don't know how you <laughs> feel about that, Connor. Maybe you feel differently. But... Uh, I, I agree. He, he carries the theme of the movie, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's why they started on him in the first place, because he's the first uh-huh. person you see and get attached to. And then John Kushak comes later, and John Kushak's kind of a eh, character in this film. But yeah, Chucha yeah. Aji for hits it out of the out of the park with on this film. Yeah, um, so I have a question. Do you think that uh John Cusack's character or Chiwetel Ejiofor's character is the protagonist of this film? I don't know, dude. It's hard. I I th- personally i want to say chiwetel ejiofor because the movie starts with him and he's kind of yeah he's a bigger through line because his part is a lot more important to the plot than john kushak like john kushak yeah. is just an average joe who happens to get entangled in this and figures some stuff out but chiwetel ejiofor he's kind of like he's the one who helps discover you know that oh this is gonna happen and then like throughout the movie he's trying to make sure things go good for humanity even though he has a character opposing him to me it's shoot edgy for but it kind of sucks that john kushak is labeled first build in this movie but i don't know i i definitely this is nah. more a chuta edgy for film than a john kushak film I think I agree. Like I said, I think he carries the theme of the movie and like they start with him as well. I know they end with John Cusack, but I I still think that that um, whatever his character, his character's name is Adrian Helmsley in the film. I think that Adrian as a character 
is is much more like moving the plot, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's definitely him. Definitely, definitely. Um, do you want to talk about any other actors though? I mean, there's a there's a few on here like Oliver Platt and there's a there's like a handful of people. Woody but Harrelson. Like, I, like Woody Harrelson, I want to talk about because like I totally forgot he was in this film in the first place, yeah. and it's just kind of like. He's playing this crazy dude who's like, at first he's stalking John Kushak and his kids, and then he like asks questions about what the government said, and like, but he like he knows everything, and essentially he's the whole reason how John Kushak even knows where to go in the first place. But that's kind of like right in the end, that's kind of like worthless because they still get there because they get with someone else who knows that's where to go. So it's. It's kind of like, okay, do we really need him? But it's just funny that like Woody Harrelson's character essentially helps you point out that things are going weird with the government, and that's about it. But his character was all right, you know. It's Woody Harrelson. You can never go wrong with Mr. Harrelson. Freddie, you just opened up a huge plot hole in this film that I was not prepared for this early in the game. But <laughs> what what is that? The stupid map. They didn't even need that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what the crap? He literally died almost for nothing. I'm so mm-hmm. mad at that now. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah, he like it's like they make it a point to get this map, but then they end up meeting with that the Russian family and it's like, well yeah, that Russian family going knows the where they're going. Place. Mm-hmm. Oh my so god! It's like, oh, <laughs> he doesn't he... even use it. It's like they wasted time going to the the um, I think it's the um, Yellowstone mountain range. They wasted time going there. Yeah, and then they go to Las Vegas, but that's only to refuel, and that's where they meet. Um, that's where they meet up with Russian dude Yuri. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. They didn't need to do that. It's like they wanted to, like, explain why they went to Las Vegas to make it less of a convenient plot point that they ran into each other. But there's so many convenient plot points in this movie that why not just add another and save runtime? Because this movie's long, dude. Like, that's probably my biggest irritation with this movie is how long it is. (laughs) that's a point i have so we can (laughs) i mean if you're ready to go into points we can but like just yeah i just want to say one more thing about cast real quick one more thing is okay so um and this is just because i I love this show but liam james who played noah the little boy in the movie he plays the young version of sean spencer in psych and so i just always I, I love him. Uh, he's awesome. So I just had to, like, shout that out. Especially if you haven't seen Psych. Like, please consider it. I know you haven't, Freddy. And that's something you really need to watch. Because it's a great show. Well, here's the thing. I started watching it at some point, And then I, I don't know. I just stopped. I don't know why. I liked okay. it. I liked the show when I was watching it. But I, 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 I can't remember this kid whenever he was there. I remember that. But, yeah, I've... Looks like their most recent thing he's done is Deadly Class, which was a show, but it doesn't look like it ran very long either. Yeah, uh, obviously he's a lot older now, and they actually like switched out his child actor. Um, oh, okay. I want to say like season five of the show or something like that because he he got too old to keep playing in the flashbacks. Yeah. 
But, like, I don't know. At the same time, it was kind of weird how they did that. He must be doing our stuff now. He must be doing our stuff now. He's definitely not acting anymore. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we can definitely go ahead and move on to our points. Because I feel like, like, the cast was so, like, diverse that it's just, like, hard to go through each individual person. Because, like... Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I feel like it would almost be wasted because a lot of these people, like, they don't matter in the long run of things. <laughs> Which, it, it sucks, but it's so true. It's like, most everyone in this movie dies besides, like, a few of the main characters. Yeah, like, uh, I don't even know if we mentioned it, but Danny Glover, who played probably one of the best on-screen presidents, uh, that at least in some of the movies that I've seen, um... He dies pretty quickly. Spoilers, but you should have seen this movie already if if you care about spoilers, and you're listening to this. But yeah, that's, you're you're right. There's no way we're gonna be able to do all of the the cast in this movie, and that's actually one of my points too. So like, if we're ready to get into it, I would like to start off with that because I think it's a nice segue. All right, yeah, we we can definitely go ahead and get into it. You go ahead and go first, my friend. All right, cool. So yeah, the the first point that I had was there's just too many characters in this movie. Like there's they <laughs> needed to find they needed to cut it out somewhere, and I don't know where, but like to to sit through two and a half plus hours of just like especially like the first hour of it being all right, here's this character. Oh, but here's this character. Don't worry about it now. You'll figure out how they relate later, unless they die, because some of them die, and you don't, it doesn't matter anyway. So yeah, I <laughs> too many characters, man. I, I, I there was too much setup. Like just stick to Edgewar, Cusack, obviously the president. Um, I don't know. You didn't even need to have the stepdad. Like Cusack could have taken some flying lessons at some point, which was also a dumb thing, but. I don't know. Just save the freaking pilot. Like, he, they kill off the pilot. He could have just been another extra character that they added. So, yeah, uh-huh. there's just too many characters in this movie, man. I And I think that you agree with me, but uh, I'll let you talk on it. Yeah, dude, you're definitely right. Um, as far as, like, characters goes, this movie was so full. And I, I kind of get it because they wanted to show every aspect of what humans were going through they wanted to show the average joe's family the you know the political side Mm -hmm. and then like the rich side and then like the monk side like all these different sides to it but it like it almost just collides together and (laughs) while they kind of cut it up good it's still like this is way too much like we need to like if they would have focused up and focused on the three things you just said, you know, John Cusack, Chiwetel, and the president, that would have been great. But I almost feel like they didn't want to do that because they didn't want to make it just about America because the world ending is a global thing. And they they kind of right. repeated this like, oh, this is global. This is global. We have to care about everyone. And so I feel like that's why they broadened this movie so much. But at the same time... It was just, it was just so much. Like Woody Harrelson 
is almost wasted because it's like, well, why do we need him if he was? Ju- they were just going to meet up with the Russian family at the end. And then, like, the stepdad, he just dies in the end anyways. And you're right, they definitely right, could have yeah, given I mean... John Kushak, like, oh, he had flying lessons at some point. I mean, they could have made, like, the relationship between him and his wife strained, but they didn't have to make it to where it was like they were divorced. I feel like they wanted to right, add yeah. character <clears throat> to a film that it didn't need it, because this is a disaster film. And, like, you just the focus is the disaster of course it's like the godzilla movies what are we focusing on the monsters and this is like what are we focusing on all the the disastrous events we just had to put humans and but they put too many that we needed to care about and so when people were dying when people were dying it was like was i really supposed to care about him or what and at that point you just didn't know anymore yeah, that's a great assessment. Like, I I think, personally, like, I really did enjoy that they tried to make you feel for the characters, and it worked sometimes, but you can't ask me to do that for, like, ten different characters, and then when you kill them off, be sad about it. Like, it worked for some of the deaths. Some of them are funny, like Woody Harrelson's death was, was pretty hilarious, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'd kind of like to keep that in the film if I ever, like... I was the one writing it but um yeah it's just some of them you you, it's just pointless like I get what you're saying about the whole global thing and I and I appreciate that too but maybe just kind of limit it to like the Russian people and like the family and then I don't know like just limit it in some way because it was too much I can't you can't ask me to care about 50 different characters in one movie. It just doesn't work that way. And it's like, this This is not Game of Thrones where you have seven seasons or eight seasons to get to know certain characters and watch them die. Right. This, is, this is a two-hour, 38 movie, and, like, you can only do so much in that time. And They really wanted us to, like, care about so many people, and really they needed us... We should have focused on, you know, three people. And I think the ones that... I cared about most were to tell edgy for and the president. Everyone else I honestly could have given a crap about. And then when the president <laughs> dies, I was like, well, I guess I can care about John Kushak and his little family. Like I cared more about John Kushak's kids and ex-wife than I cared That's, about John Kushak. Yeah. Like, it's I just, agree. <laughs> I don't know. They, and they like, they had that thing at the end too, where like, they, they were like, oh, is he dead? Is he not? I was kind of like, I don't care if he's dead, really. <laughs> as bad as that sounds. <laughs> it's like, of course he's alive. They're not just going to kill him off. But uh, For yeah. a second there, I thought they were going to, but they weren't ballsy enough, apparently. No, they didn't. They want to go through with not that. Not in 2009. I... <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It was just, I don't know. It was just kind of a mess as far as characters went. Because at the end of the day, there's just way too many people. And there's one point they're like, oh, you need to care about the president's daughter because her, the president died. And it's like, who is this person? Like, who cares? Like, as great as Dandy Newton <laughs> that, is as an yeah. actor, like, yeah. I just didn't give a fine flip angle about her when she came into the movie. Like, it was just like, oh, who cares about you? Lose just, all of focus that on someone in this else. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lose it all. It, it The whole freaking... Mona Lisa thing no it just it's another thing that they have in the beginning of this film and it's like it's literally like 
10 different set locations back to back and it's just too much. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it, it was interesting that, oh, they were replacing art with like fake art. But at the end of the day, it was like, who cares? Like, it didn't we matter. just need to focus on the people. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, because yeah. they never go back to that. Oh no, Ever. never, never again. They keep, <laughs> they keep talking about her and like how she's involved in it, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they just wanted to give uh, uh, Adrian a uh, love interest, and they really mm-hmm. didn't need to. Mm-mm. This is not a love movie. This is a death movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, but that's my point, so I'll let you go with, with your next one. Seems like we're in agreement on that one. But um, I, here's a point I have. Uh, so, this movie is called 2012. This movie should be called... Close calls every 20 seconds, because that's what this movie is. A close call every 20 seconds, as soon as the end of the world starts. Like, as soon as the end of the world starts, luck just plays into John Kushak's family. Like, thank God John Kushak is lucky. Otherwise, they would have been dead at the beginning of this film. And then, like... (laughs) And, like, my girlfriend made a point. She's like, you could literally make a drinking game. Like, every time they have a... They almost die or have a close call, you take a swig. It's just, like, that's not a good thing about this film. Like, like I get a couple of close calls, but it's like, they have so many in this film. It's just, like, when does it stop? Like, this movie should have just been called Close Call, the story of 2012. Like, yeah. <laughs> And of I course, there's only one family that has a close 2020 call. part two. Oh, probably. Goodness, let's hope not. This better not happen in 2020. <laughs> I'm not going to make yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was yeah. That, that's the only thing I have on that point. Like, this movie just has so many close calls. It's like, oh, oh why are there so many? Oh, well, yeah. And like, I don't know. It, that does kind of tie into one of my other points because uh, I was. I, I want to talk a little bit about the, um, the like the escape scenes basically. But you're right, like within those scenes, literally like the scraping under the bridge, the driving through the crashing building. the 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 biggest offender now to me is when he goes back for the map and he literally, I don't even know how it doesn't show because there's no way they could have shown it because it's impossible how he survived. <laughs> From a filmmaking standpoint, there's literally no way they could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what's really dumb, and this is one of my nitpicks too, I'll just go ahead and say it, is they're, uh, Gordon's like flying the plane, right? And it's accelerating away. And then uh, the wife is like, wait, don't go, blah, blah, blah. The kids are crying and everything. John Cusack, his hand hits the pavement. And at this point, they're like football, football field lengths away. And the wife's like, wait, I see something. No, you don't see a hand that far away on crumbling (laughs) asphalt. There's no way. (laughs) And then somehow he runs fast enough to catch up with them and they pull him in. It's like, no, Mm -mm. nope. Oh, man. And you're telling me that the earthquake stopped long enough for him to crawl out of the hole? 
Because it continues right after that. Like, right when he gets up and gets back in the plane, it continues to crumble. And not to mention the freaking fireballs that are raining down around him this entire time. None of them hit him. None of them hit the plane. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, two of those or three of those would have hit that plane. Like, let's be honest. Like, they they weren't looking Mm -hmm. backward at much points like there's no way they could have seen him coming yet they were dodging and weaving like they could see him like no (laughs) yeah there's so many scenes in this movie where it's a plane taking off of a runway and there's not enough runway and the plane like falls down before it lifts back up there's like five of them in this one movie it's like did you really need all five could you have cut out one at least no, they wanted to show it, Connor. They wanted to make sure you knew that if a plant was taking off, it could have fallen. But, you know, whatever. <sighs> it's whatever. because I didn't understand the physics, right? They really needed to teach me that physics lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, if and you were like, going to cut one out, that's the one that you would have cut out. Because that one's the dumbest scene. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then, like, Connor, I know you, you work on, like, aircraft and stuff like that like so that one scene where the plane is um it's the i think it's the final plane scene where they're in that big russian jet and like it's going down and it's it's out of gas but the engines are exploding is is that what would happen if a plane ran out of gas (laughs) not to my knowledge freddie i don't i see i I didn't understand what what they were saying there because they were, so they were the Russian dudes. You're right. Yeah, it was the Russian dude. Did he not know what the English word for out of gas was? Did he think it was the engine exploded? And that, in his Russian conversion to Russian to English, that means the same thing as we're out of gas in that engine. I I, I don't know, man. I, I, I was so confused. I guess so, but like, I, I feel like when a plane runs out of gas, it doesn't start exploding for no reason. Like. <laughs> There has to be a reason for the plane to explain. In- I'm like, every time they panned out, the engines would like go <laughs> and like blow up violently. It's like, no, they're not getting shot at. Like, they're just flying. The The plane would just, the engine would just slowly come to a stop and just, it would, the plane would just kind of be like going the way it was. Yeah. And you could like control the flaps, but you can't control the speed anymore. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't understand why the plane started to explode on them when there was nothing happening like the, they weren't hitting anything at the time the engine like if you go back you'll see these dang like engines they're they're You're just right. it's, yeah, it's totally in the sky right. there should be no explosions yet so yeah i i don't know it was weird also I just, I, another I another know, but i don't know yeah, I, I agree with you that's that's dumb but like another bad physics moment in that scene is uh like right after they land they have the scene where like they drive out in the bentley and so they accelerate off of that right so like they're going opposite direction from the plane which is probably traveling i don't know like 50 60 miles an hour you know fast fast enough for sure and then with the hatch open and when he starts to land all the cars all the other cars and vehicles that are in the 
like the uh, belly of this plane, they start falling out. And they start crashing around them in the Bentley. Do you know how much farther away this plane would have been by that point if they're going in opposite directions? Like when, when mm-hmm. an object falls out of a moving object, it still continues that direction. It doesn't automatically go the opposite direction. So there's no way mm-hmm. that they would have been like, had all these cars crashing around them at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they wanted to make you like feel like even more like in trouble, but there really was no trouble or reason for them being in trouble. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, we're getting deep in the nitpicks already. I think I've already listed off like two or three of mine, so we need to probably well, bring I, it back I, a little bit. I don't know, dude. I I already told you this. Like to me, like this movie is. It's just full of them. So, like, like my point about the close calls, like, every time it was a close call, to me, that was a nitpick. Because it was, like, we have too many of these at this point. Like, we don't need all these close calls. Like, have some keep us on the edge of our seat sometime. Like, there's a point where, like, right. they have these close calls and you're just, like, they're going to make it. Like, who cares at this point? That, yeah. I, I agree. I think they shouldn't have done it nearly as many times as they did because it was effective the first time. And that's my next point is like those, especially that first one, the near escape scenes were awesome. Like, cause the first mm-hmm. one is with the limo and that's like, this is where this, where stuff hits the fan and this movie starts to turn. And it's this incredible scene it it almost feels like it needs to be like one of those like 3D rides at, at uh, Universal Studios or something like that. But basically, like uh, Cusack comes up with the limo and gets his family, and the the freaking house crashes down like right after they get out. They get in the limo. They're driving all through like the L.A. area trying to get. I don't even know where they're trying to get to. Just I guess the airport to get the plane. But like they are literally it. It goes back to your point because they have near miss after near miss after near miss, but I didn't care because that was the first time they had done it. I I really enjoyed that scene. Like there's a couple moments if I had to nitpick where the uh, the CGI was a tad bit unpolished, but for 2009 CGI, like it it looked very well done. So I I really enjoyed that scene, and then they follow it up immediately after that with the um, the first time they're in the plane. And they have a lot of cool near misses there because, like, there's uh, one of my favorite parts was when uh, they're flying and they literally, like, fly underneath the underground subway as it goes by. I just thought that was really cool. It kind of gave me, like, a, you know, remember the end of of the Spider-Verse? Like, that's it kind of gave me that vibe in a Mm -hmm. way. It was just really cool how they did that. I really enjoyed that. Well, yeah, to me, there's just too many of that at a certain point. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, did you have another point you wanted to go off of, or did you want me to go ahead and come up with another point? Oh, did you like those scenes? Mm-hmm. I I thought they were great, like, good CGI and all that, but to me, like, having seen the film before, I was just, like, I was already tired of it, of, like, all these near misses uh-huh. by, like, I gotcha. the time they got in the plane. <laughs> I was just like, oh, great. I got to go through this again. But, like, you're right. Yeah, that really um, makes a difference, I did notice, But something that I did notice was, it's like, CGI is pretty good for 2009. Like, yeah, there were times where it wasn't polished good enough. But, like, 
for a 2009 film, they they had the CGI kind of locked down at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it was, I was not, for the most part, I was not upset with the CGI, like mm-hmm. hardly at yeah. all. It almost makes me wonder, like, do you think this movie was really heavily advertised as being like, like 3D basically? Because this was in the in the time where every movie was like, yeah, they, they would have a 3D. I mean, it's still a thing, but like every movie, it's like, oh, watch it in 3D, and like they would rope you in with the trailers and everything being like you know kind of like that and those scenes really feel like cgi heavy scenes or like a 3d heavy scenes yeah i I I can guarantee you that i guarantee you they did it and it was probably around the time they were using those um there were black glasses that were like they would reuse or whatever it was at the grand i guarantee you i guarantee you it was just like they probably were like, we can probably sell a lot more tickets with 3D and make more money. And obviously they did something to make more money because it made almost uh, $770 million. So that, that's lot. crazy to me still. But yeah, I, I'm sure they had like IMAX eaters showing this. I, I bet you looked great in IMAX too and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's, that was, that's yeah, that was my only lament. About this movie. Yeah, the only mm-hmm. bad part about watching it just now for my first time was that I was watching it on my tiny TV, and so like I feel like it would have been such a cool, such a cool experience to watch it on like a big old IMAX screen or even like your big TV, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> my fifty-five inch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, and then yeah, one more I... thing about this point before I move on. Sorry. Um, okay. The only other thing I wanted to say was, so like they, they wreck so many different world world monuments in this movie. So you got to think like, I feel like the CGI team must have had a lot of fun doing that. And they're just like, oh, well, let's wreck, let's wreck the Sistine Chapel. Oh, what about the, um, the jesus statue in brazil and i don't know yada 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 the list goes on they wrecked so many dang uh world monuments so i feel like they had a lot of fun doing that mm-hmm. yeah it's funny because it's like i mean roland emmerich directed the first independence day and the first independence day what happens the white house gets blown up so i'm sure <laughs> he was already like he had no he was probably like, oh, I've done it before. Let's do it again. Because that was the thing back in the day. Right. They were afraid of showing the um, the White House being blown up because it was kind of like a niche thing. And of course, nowadays, it, mm-hmm. the White House is blown up every two or three years. So it's become normal <laughs> at this point. But yeah, yeah I, I guarantee you they were like, oh, how can we break this and it be make sense and stuff like that? I'm sure they went much more into the physics of those things than the actual like physics around the main characters. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right. That's all I had on that point. I just really liked those scenes until they got old. All right. So, um, I, I have to say that, um, Woody Harrelson's character really dumbed down the science of this film because it's like <laughs> the way he explains it is like imagine it's an orange 
and the inside of the orange melts so everything on top can float freely around and i was like i mean you could have said it the smart way and people would understand i feel like that was not necessary for this movie i feel like they could have told the it's almost like they didn't trust the audience to be smart enough to understand if they would have said the um sun is giving off so much radiation that it's melting the earth's crust so it's making the tectonic plates become loose and adrift but uh, i don't know i mean I, I just said it and i understood what i just said i feel like the average joe would have also understood that or i hope at least but like they made woody Harrelson's character dumb it down to the simplest terms i don't know it, i was just like did they not trust the audience like is was it one of those things where the filmmakers were like, no, we need to kind of make it dumb so everyone can understand. And it was like, I, I, I feel like the average grade school kid would probably know what would happen in order for the tectonic plates to just start moving around. Like everything had to melt inside. But I don't know. That's I, I feel like this is more of a nitpick, but it's also kind of like a major thing because it's like, the studio didn't think the audience was smart enough to understand the scientific talk behind how this could happen. In ancient times, the Mayan people were the first civilization to discover that this planet had an expiration date. According to their calendar, in the year 2012, a cataclysmic event will unfold caused by an alignment of the planets in our solar system that only happens every 640,000 years. Oh, not again. Pretty neat, huh? I did all the animation myself. Just imagine the Earth as an orange. Oh. You lure them in with humor, then you make them think. You make a really good point. Like, I had not considered that it, it does kind of treat the audience as being kind of dumb because they explain it the scientific way, too, multiple times, in fact, I, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. And then yes. they do the Woody Harrelson bit, too. So I get what you mean. It's like they explain it the science way, and then they're like, oh, just in case they didn't understand it, let's do it the dumb way. And then I think they do the science way again after that. But at the same time... I actually kind of dug that. Like, I thought it was a really clever way to just kind of like real quickly show you uh, what's going on. I honestly would have been fine if they just kept that, honestly. Like, I thought it was a, a really interesting way to do it with this crazy guy making an animation. And I thought it was funny because I, I, I like uh, Woody Harrelson. And just to see him like, I hated it, animated it myself. I put the humor in it and everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of had a different take than you. But I totally get what you're saying with that. Like, they should not have tried to to over-explain it that many times. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, as a filmmaker, trust your audience. Like, don't treat them like they're, like, two-year-olds. Like, the average Joe is yeah. going to know, like, things like this as long as they went to, like, grade school. I'd understand if, like there are people that they didn't trust fully because maybe their first audience didn't go to school or anything like that. But like they showed this to the average public and I'm sure the average public knows that if something happens with like the crusts and the core and all that, our plates are going to, you know, mess up somehow or another. I mean, that's kind of basic stuff at that, at the same time. I do see where you're coming from where it's like, 
they kind of made it a comedy thing, but at the same time, even Woody Harrelson was like, I wanted it to be serious, but I also wanted to rope him in with comedy so they could understand better. So I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things where I you have to trust your audience at the end of the day. But at the same time, they did try to almost over explain it whenever it's it's really a simple thing. The sun's super hot and it's melting the earth. So stuff is going to go down, essentially. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that, 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 that's all I had on that little thing. Yeah, good old Woody Harrelson. I thought he was hilarious in this movie, by the way. He was just, he cracked mm-hmm. me up, especially the scene where he died, basically. It was also kind of like <laughs> chilling at the same time, though, because they were listening to his radio, like his radio feed while he died, presumably. But <laughs> I don't know, scar your children who pees at the bed every night and just make it worse. I, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, pretty much. Um, so I'll go at this point, since we're already kind of talking about co- some of the comedy aspects. Um, I thought there were some genuinely funny mo- moments in this movie. Like, um, I listed a couple. I know there's a lot more. I just, this was after I watched it that I was trying to list some of these. But I really enjoyed the Arnold Schwarzenegger cameo. And I loved oh when John Cusack was like, he's an actor and he's probably reading from a script. I just thought that was mm-hmm. like such a funny cut at, at him. <laughs> the Okay, so here's another one. The Bentley voice control, where the voice control started the engine, I thought that was kind of funny, you know? I mean, it kind of like cut away from the drama of the moment, I guess. Like, that's like the criticism mm-hmm. that a lot of people have with the MCU humor, but... I thought it was funny. I dug it. And then I really liked the Queen of England's cameo where she was like walking on the arcs or like the in that area with the like the three corgis. I thought that was funny too, man. There's a lot of funny moments in this movie. Those were just some of them. You want to know what I said whenever I saw the corgis? I was like, look, Coda, you get to survive. That's my dog. He's a corgi. But I get to die. So that's, that's essentially, I was like, I'm dead and you're fine over here with the Queen of England. I was like, great. <laughs> uh, but I have, there was one filming moment that I kind of like caught right away, which was um, at the very, very beginning when Chiwetel goes to see um, that dude and like the wife is like, I'm going to make my fish curry. And he's like, your wife gets beautiful oh, yeah. every time I see her. And then the guy was like, yes, but a fish curry is still awful. <laughs> that made me laugh. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's a, yeah. it's a genuine moment right there. But yeah, I, there was definitely some great, comedy and stuff like that but i don't know didn't didn't hold me like it should have yeah i wish i would have uh wrote them down as they were coming because there were several like other moments too that really genuinely made me like laugh but i can't remember them now i just you kind of have to have moments like that though in a movie where like every other scene mass amounts of people are getting killed so you kind of have to have those moments of relief. But yeah, I I I think they did a decent job with it. We are good to go to your next point alone, Fredward. Okay, so we mentioned it earlier about Oh, great. One second. Okay. Um, we mentioned it earlier about the runtime of this film. This movie is 2 hours and 38 minutes long. I almost feel like it could have been <laughs> at least 45 minutes shorter like 
At least, at the very least, it could have been that. At least, I feel like... at least just a two-hour runtime. Like, the extra 30 yeah, minutes like, is so grueling. Like, they... I don't know. I, I feel like they started driving home the fact that the world was ending way too much. Because it's like, oh, we got earthquakes. Now we got tsunamis. Oh, no. What are we going to do? The North Pole keeps moving. It's, it's like, I don't... <laughs> I know the world is ending. I know the world's going out of whack. That's all I need to know. You know, you can just show me the journey to the boat or the ark is all you need to show me at this point. And I would be fine. I just feel like that Mm -hmm. extra 30 minutes could have been shaved off, which means what we were talking about earlier. We'd shave off some characters, but that would have helped this film. So it's not a bad thing, in my opinion. Tremendously. that, That desperately needs to be done. That desperately needed to be done. Something like that. We just... I don't know. Well, it literally, just, like... It's just way too You long. mentioned it. Look, look, you mentioned it. The dumbest part is, like, the world is ending, and they keep driving that home, and they drive it home so much until the very... Like, even, like, the very last bad thing that happens is the freaking gate won't shut, so the thing is flooding. And, by the way, how they get all that water out, I mean, that would have been difficult, but mm-hmm. that's not explained. So like that's the last bad that thing bad thing that happens and once that's resolved, everything's hunky dory, Freddy. The world's not ending anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? You're telling me the sun isn't still heating up? Like how? How is everything okay now? There's no way. You literally just spent two and a half hours telling me that the world is ending. You explained it to me fifty different ways how it works. Even with, like, orange peels and stuff. Like, I, there's no way, dude. There's no way. There's literally no way the world wouldn't still be ending even after they get into the arcs. hmm Yeah. And, like, they even, like, at the end, like, they kind of drive it home. Like, they've been on there a year. And they finally let them out to see Breathe Fresh Air. Because they say, oh, the air is finally good to breathe again. So, clearly... Stuff kept happening after that. It's just, I guess, once they got to the boat, it wasn't going to affect them anymore, is what they're trying to say. But I don't know. I kind of feel like there'd be something that would affect the boats or something like that. But I don't know. They they didn't talk anymore about it, so I guess it didn't happen, right? You know, there's, it's just, just that. But what does that even mean that, like... The air is good to breathe again. You weren't even talking about the quality of air the entire movie until this one line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, like, this is a whole point that, I mean, I don't want to get into yet. Unless, because I'd like you to present a point before I get into this. But I have a whole point about this. <sighs> about all this stuff. Well, let's see. I, I can uh, I can go to my next point if you want to. Yeah, you go ahead and go to your next point, because I I really want to talk about that. <laughs> okay, so um, I just want... Well, my next point is literally, um, how did they choose the location to build the Ark? Because, wh- like, what if Mount Everest was, like, the first thing to get totally wrecked before anything else, and then their project would have been screwed from the get-go? Like, you know what I mean? Like, was there, like... Was there some sort of understanding that this place near tibet was like colder i guess so it would it would heat up less quickly like they don't really explain that 
the only thing I can chalk it up to is that um, they, um, t- I guess they just they knew somehow that because there was I is I don't know if there's a fault line there, and maybe that's why they were like this will be the safest bet, so they just did it there because there's no fault line in the Himalayas. I guess I don't know. I'm throwing crap out there and hoping it sticks, but like. That's the only thing I can chalk it up to. It's like there wasn't a fault line, so they weren't worried about earthquakes. However, in the movie, they say, oh, yes, boat three's roof was damaged because of an earthquake. So clearly earthquakes can affect this area still. So that kind of like throws yeah. that theory out the window. But I don't know. I don't know. I They just knew, I guess. I, that's the only thing you can say. It's like, oh, they knew somehow. We don't know how, but they know. I don't know. I, I feel like they they should have done it in like li- like the middle of Russia or something like that, like equidistant from any coast, because the tsunamis mm-hmm. is literally what like screw. Well, I mean, maybe they were counting on the tsunamis to like dislodge them or whatever. But I, the, another thing that really got to me was how easy those windows were to break, because like rocks start falling off of the uh, Mount Everest. And then, like, the windows start cracking instantly. Like, you knew this is the world ending. You should have 50 layers thick glass if you want to have glass. Like, get some spaceship-grade glass because that's a thing. Like, they're making spaceships out there get hit by orbital debris, and you're over here making a one-pane thick glass that you know is going to get wrecked by the end of the world. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Just one of those things, man. Like, that's it is a question. It's like we have like industrial grade glass, and you chose to use this this little piece of paper thin glass to protect the <laughs> the cabin of the boat. I don't know. Whatever you know. Mm. To design, but yeah, that's that's really all. I just I didn't really know why they decided to use that location. I think it was just more, more for them to like show the the monk population and the the Tibetan family a little bit is kind of what I chalked Mm -hmm. it up to, but yeah, that's that's about all I could come up with. Yeah, that's all. That's all we can say, dude. Because there's really no reason they just did it to have it there, you know. But um, but yes, your next point. I'm ready for it. Go ahead and get to my next point. Because um, this this point, I, I titled it, Oh good, the Earth is becoming normal faster than we thought. Okay, what is it becoming normal <laughs> from? Like you just said, wait, the air is bad? Why is the air bad? So I, I chalked <laughs> it up to this. Like, So I guess these tsunamis, I mean, they're knocking down things. A big thing in, on planet Earth is nuclear reactors. We have so many of those. Those would factor mm-hmm. into this. They they get demolished by earthquakes and um, tsunamis. So I'm guessing some of them get knocked out underwater. So the water is now not good. I wouldn't want to swim in radioactive water. You're just going to become <laughs> a toad or some nasty creature. <laughs> so like that's that's what I chalked up to. Oh, the, the air is good now. No, 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 no. I watched, I remember watching a thing about this in high school where it's like, if humans disappeared from the earth, 
nuclear reactors would go out and it would take like thousands of years for everything to go back to normal. But for some reason, after a year and some odd days, no, it's going back to normal faster than we thought. But thank God. Thank God it's going back to normal faster than we thought, which makes no sense because of all the nuclear reactors we have in the world. The world will not go back to normal after a year. I'm very sorry to tell you that. It would take so long just because of nuclear power. That's not talking about anything else, like all the other factors, like all the oil from the cars that got into the water, <laughs> all the electricity that may still be active. Like you stick your toe in the water, you're going to be fried or something like <laughs> like there's so much unknown stuff just about the water alone. But the air yeah. is fine, which I don't is complete bullcrap because I feel like whatever's in the water is going to be like radiating up and it's going to be like getting uh, basically the rain is probably acid by this point because the you know of how the weather works and stuff. It's picking up the water from the ocean and all that stuff and dropping it back down on us. I'm sure the boats were resistant to water, but human the the acid, but the humans no. The humans are going to die. Like, they're going to try to build civilization <laughs> on Africa, and it's going to rain acid rain, and that's it. That's how the human race ends. Like, they try to make this movie have a happy ending. I don't see it. I'm sorry. Like, there are problems that they did not think about. Like, especially nuclear. The nuclear problem we have with so many nuclear reactors getting knocked out, there's gotta be something wrong with the earth now like there's gotta be mutant frogs that are like 10 foot wide and 20 feet tall like they're just no go no go i don't want to face a lion that has five heads now because we decided to go to africa early because we thought oh it's all going back to normal no i don't believe that one bit something's wrong and we need to stay on the boat a little longer but that feeds into another point I have, which I'll let you comment on this first, and then I'll go. Then you'll say your point, and I'll go into that final point I have. All right. Well, uh, first off, great point. Like that is a fantastically formulated point. Just to give you some perspective, I, I looked this up. The Chernobyl disaster occurred in 1986. And there are still people who don't go near that place because of the the mm-hmm. fallout. 1986, Freddy. And they had one year. One year and everything was golden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not how that works. That's I'm such sorry. a good point, dude. Cause like, and it's I don't, not, yeah, I don't you're know. right. It's not just radioactive. It's everything. Like, I don't know if you've seen that show Dark Tourist, but there's an episode... Where he goes to Chernobyl. And like there's a tour that takes you through around the area. But there's parts where you're not supposed to get out off the bus. Because there's still so much radiation. There's still water there that they haven't gone into. Because they they know it's super radioactive. And they don't know what kind of creatures are looming around in this water. Like... I don't even want to know what's in the seawater now in 2012. Like, there's some dinosaur-level crap swimming around there ready (laughs) to eat any human. Like, seriously. like, And that's just nuclear, you know? Uh, There's so many more problems beside that. But 
<laughs> yeah, what that is, is such a good point. I, I don't know. Why, why did they even... You know, the reason they did it was because they had to end the movie. And they didn't want to do like a 20, 30 year time jump because no one would have looked the same. So they would have had to get new actors and they didn't have enough budget to get even more actors than the ridiculous, like high cast number that they already had. So that's why they made it a year. But they could have at least done five years to make it a little bit more plausible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. But even then, I I agree with that. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I, for sure. Not, not not everything is fine and dandy on planet Earth after one year of a disaster. Sorry. Nope. It doesn't even make like I don't understand how it stopped though. Like it doesn't address that issue. How did stuff stop ending the world? The the sun would still have been heating up probably, unless it's just, unless they just went with the the logic that it like corrected itself because humans weren't contributing to like greenhouse gases okay, well, or something like that. See, here's the thing. The whole reason this started happening is because the planets aligned at one point. So that's why all oh, this crap right. happened on earth. So I'm guessing because the earth kept going around the sun, it got further away from it. So those radiation belts that were coming off the sun they were no longer affecting the earth. So I think that's a reason. But it's like, well, what happens when we come back around again? Is the sun still going to be doing that? Because, like, the sun actually does that. we got 640,000 like, years. Like, that, that's a real thing that the sun does. It, it shoots those things out. That's why you can only get so close to the sun before satellites and stuff start burning up. But, like, it's yeah. like... I mean, it might happen again, and it's like, by the time it happens again, the sun might have exploded, and we might still be dead anyway, so it's, I don't know, it, it, it's one of those things, okay, well, it's well, like... It raises another point, it's, it's like, how did that even cause heating up of the Earth? Like, just because planets are in line, why, why does that, why, why, why does that cause the sun to freak out? It's like, I don't like not seeing any of the planets! Like, I don't understand that. Well, see, like the sun, the sun already does that in the first place. Like, if you look at pictures of the sun, you can see those like radiation belts coming off. Oh, of it. yeah, yeah, I know that. A, like, that's because it's sun. So I, I don't. But again, like I don't know why it gets so big to the point where it does like heat up the earth, and like they never explain what happens to. Um, uh, there's a planet in between us, Venus. There's I two. think there's there's Venus two. And Mars. Like, oh, Venus, not like, sorry. Mars it, is on the other side. Yeah, but it never explains what happens to those planets. It's like, well, did they just explode? Like, like that would create a problem. Yeah, like it, there'd be some <laughs> you're, planet you're matter. Right. <laughs> but it's like, why is the Earth the only planet getting affected by this? Shouldn't the planet, two planets in front of it, get it first? But I don't know. It, it's it, yeah um isn't it mercury the other one? yeah it's mercury mercury, mercury and is venus. the closest to the sun mercury would be obliterated venus would be too if considering how much mm-hmm. damage earth got mm-hmm. like yeah what the heck yeah i don't I, it I literally don't would have it's... had to blast through those two planets to get to earth uh-huh because we are because we're just we're at that like perfect distance to where the sun 
it heats us, it will heat us up, but it's not going to obliterate us super badly. So yeah. it's like, well, if our tectonic plates were affected, what happened to um, Mercury and Venus? Because Mercury is probably gone, and Venus is probably just some melting rocks, horribly, like horribly bad. <laughs> because if it, like we saw how bad Earth got it. So that means what happens to Mars after that? What happens to our moon? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they thought this through. Is what we're finding out. I just don't think they, they were just like, oh, we have to end the world. How can we end it? And they just said, yes, use the sun because that's plausible. Which, okay, yes. <laughs> However, there's a lot of factors. Like if Mercury was obliterated and a Venus was obliterated, I'm sure those explosions would come at earth and that would probably affect us more than the tectonic plates would first right especially if the sun is blasting outwards i mean i feel like we would get terrible meteor showers before the earth hit like it would be like (laughs) armageddon we would have to pull an armageddon where we blow up the rock and it goes around us which is not factual whatsoever but i mean still it would be more interesting than what we got their science doesn't make any sense for the mm-hmm. how the actual no, world ends. Sir. No, I'll sir. I'll definitely give you that. And at the end, did they say, did I hear this right, that Africa didn't even get affected by anything? I don't know. I just heard that Africa has become like the new um, like North or South Pole. That's all I got. Because remember how, like, the North See, Pole I thought was, when like, it, moving around? Yeah. I might have misheard it, but it, it to me it sounded but, like Africa didn't even get affected. And I was like, well, like so there's just they an were entire saying country that, of people there? Because they were saying the tectonics plates were, like, shifting back. And it, it caused Africa mm-hmm. to become the highest point instead of the Himalayas and Everest. That's what they were saying. Okay. That's Still, what I though, got. I don't know how accurate I, that is. It's it's bogus, but you know. Well, yeah, and then they zoom out. Like the very last shot of the film is them zooming out on Earth, and Africa looks exactly the same. Still, I mean, it mm-hmm. might have been a different location, I guess, but it, the shape of it is literally the same shape that we're used to. And they're trying to tell us the entire movie that these plates are like moving all over the place. So yeah, I didn't understand that. I don't know, man. I didn't. I didn't try to understand the science because it just makes you want to bash your head against the wall. <laughs> the, the science <laughs> is literally point. probably the dumbest part of this movie. Yeah, the science does not make sense. Mm-hmm. But you can go to the point that you said that you really wanted to get to. So, um, let's not. Let's kind of act like okay, the nuclear stuff. It didn't happen. Okay, but they made it a point in this movie to say that we can't let those people on. It'll overpopulate the boat and the supplies will run out quicker. Okay, so did that not happen? Because everyone's still alive at the end. I'm sorry, but we've seen too many movies, too many video games about how, like, we try to establish or keep, like, a part of civilization and things go wrong. However, these three ships are fine after a year which is would not be true i'm sorry especially because of how 
overpopulated they said they were. Like, they had way more people than they could actually handle. No. They probably started killing those giraffes, eating those rhinos, eating lions. (laughs) I mean, like, there's no way that everything is fine and dandy on these three arcs that are left. Like, no. I'm very sorry. That is not true at all. Like, problems would have happened. Well, did they get the supplies from the other arc? Like the one that that was apparently damaged or something like that? No, they didn't. They didn't have enough time. Okay. They only had thirty minutes, and they were going to leave everybody. But with fifteen minutes I left, mean, I would have set up a in. mission to go. Right? Yeah. It 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 does. It's just like no. Something would have gone wrong. People would have started killing people. We would not have all the original people who started on this ship. I'm very sorry. This ship would have not been peaceful at all. It would have been like <laughs> just just chaos and just grotesque murder happening on these boats for food because like my, me and my girlfriend are watching a show called Attack on Titan and Attack on Titan the premise is there's these big things called titans and they eat people so we like made these walls and like one wall gets taken out and they go in and they're having food shortages. So, like, there would have been serious food shortages on these boats because of all the people they let in. I'm sorry. It's just not possible for these boats to have survived a year all hunky-dory with no problems. Like, that's such a bullcrap Hollywood ending that it annoys me because it's like, no, that's not what would happen. There would be so many problems. They would literally start Killing people, throwing them off the boat because they don't think they need him anymore. Like, there's a lot of problems with how they ended this film, and that's a huge one for me. Especially, like, you could ask Sean, like, he would be like, Yeah, in Fallout, a lot of the bunkers didn't make it. <laughs> that's just how it was. Yeah. Him and his, so, uh, yeah. his Fallout lore. But, mm, like, I, that I'm brings sure up another question. What, why, would, why would they only have supplies good enough for a year? Like, why not five or ten years? Or maybe they did, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they just mm-hmm. lied, and they were like, yeah, the air's fine, we're out of supplies, get out of here. <laughs> no, that, I I don't know, maybe. I mean, we don't see how it ends. Maybe, like, after they walked out, they all started choking. It's like, that's how they did population control, which is messed One up. One of but them it's like, literally turns into a toad, and that's how you begin the mutant race, and then X-Men oh 1 goodness. happens. Oh, Carter, do not. <laughs> do not connect the X-Men universe with 2012. That's just... That's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Even with X-Men, uh, as many bad movies as they have, there's only one that was worse than this film. Nah... I don't know about that. There's a couple. <laughs> uh, there, in my opinion, there's only one worse than this film. Man, I, I'm that. interested to see what your score is on this. <laughs> uh, but we're not there yet. I, I agree with your point, by the way. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really stupid. Because, yeah, there's just so many things that could have gone wrong. Especially with, like, I hadn't even considered supplies. If it was me, I probably would have had like a covert mission to go recover whatever we could from the the arc that we left behind. And then the other thing is they had like six arcs, right? But they only ended up using three or how many? Well, were I don't know how end? many they had because 
One was numbered four, and one was, and there was one numbered six and one numbered seven. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how many arcs they. I I think their original plan was to build like ten or twenty, but because the end of the world was happening much quicker, they only made yeah. four operational ones, but one of them didn't even get to be operated because it took damage. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. They don't explain that, though. They leave it as, like, a, a plot twist, almost, because you think it's, like, a dam or something like that. And I even remember, like, when they said that at the beginning, I was like, how is that going to help tsunamis? But the, mm-hmm. it wasn't that, so they were trying to do a plot twist. But, like, he could have put some more effort into explaining it. Anyway, uh, if you're ready for me to go to my next point, um, yes, I've only got two I'm more. Ready. My last one's really, really simple, and this one... Um, is a positive point, actually. I, we, I want to step back from the negative for just a minute because this was probably my favorite part about this movie is kind of the, the message that they were trying to give with... Um, it's, it's mainly Chiwetel Ejiofor's character. I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't even know if I am, but uh, Adrian ha- Helmsley. He kind of brings this point home, the fact that, like, uh humanity um like like what it means to be a human basically is helping your fellow human and so i really appreciated that they kind of like drove that message through this film and Mm -hmm. it's it's summarized really good in in one of the quotes that i i had to write down because it was just so good but he writes it at the end um or he says it at the end of the movie when he's talking with the other nation leaders but he says like something along the lines of if we start our future with an act of cruelty, you know, what are we going to tell our children? And then what are they going to tell their children? And so on. And that's just like a really thought provoking point for me. It's like, yeah, if, if, you know, if we were in this situation and then we literally killed off a ton of people just to start anew, like that's a stain on you, you know, like that's going to get out. And mm-hmm. so that's going to affect the future generations more than likely. So I thought that was a very thought-provoking way to put that. And that's one of the reasons I really loved his character, too. And, like, I even really liked his, his dad in it, although they, they probably didn't need to include him just to not have so many people. But, like, because his, his dad has the, the thing with his other jazz friend where he's like, oh, you really need to call. They should have given him that one thing, man. They should have given the the old white jazz dude his moment to just at least i mean i guess he got to meet his granddaughter kind of but he should have at least been able to say i love you to his son before he died and that would have like kind of brought it full circle that like oh you know um adrian's dad taught adrian how to be a good human basically Mm -hmm. but yeah i really liked that yeah what about you that definitely was one thing i definitely do think definitely it's like that's one good thing about john kushak in this film he he, they talk about how like there's a line in his book that talks about how like humans Mm. need to like be good to each other to survive or or you don't have humanity essentially and then he uses that Mm -hmm. and he like makes his own quote essentially later and you are right um that is one thing i didn't like how they like the jazz dude is on the phone with his granddaughter and like the guy gets to the phone and they die. I was like, oh wow! So he doesn't even get that. They could have given him that, at least that. 
Yeah, like, they, they could have been talking on the phone. They could have like hung up, and then he got killed. Then it would have been uh, not as somber. It would have been a lot better. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. That is one positive thing. Be good to your fellow man because, it, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we know that, well, especially that's right another, now. Yeah. Because of what we're in. Right, yeah. Like, it's kind of <laughs> crazy how, like, it almost equates to the situation today. It's not as, like, ferocious and terrible. I mean, the thing is, people are still dying currently from it. But it it's mm-hmm. not to the level of this film, thank God. But yeah, right. I, I do agree with you that that was a pretty good lesson. Yeah, it's that's another reason I really movie. liked the, uh, the well, yeah, uh, that's why another reason I really liked the president was just because um, he had a really good line too in there. Well, actually he had a, a few good lines, but one of them was when he was talking to Adrian, he was like, um, you know, uh, he's like basically making the sacrifice like he's not going to get on the plane because he's like, you know. One young scientist is is far better than twenty old politicians. And then later on, I think he's talking. I can't remember who, but maybe his daughter. But yeah, I think it was his daughter. But he was like, um, you know, this will give. I need to. I need to warn everyone basically because this will give the mother the chance to comfort her her child and the father to ask for forgiveness or whatever, you know, something along those lines. And I thought that that was a good moment too. So I appreciated all of that in this film. That was probably my favorite part running through the film parts, I guess. So, um, that, that made the, the movie rise a little bit in my opinion, but that's all I got to say on that. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your next point, my friend? Oh, are you done with your points? Yeah, I finished my points. My last one was the All arc right. going to crack. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, my last point is, it's really simple. It's almost more of a nitpick, but the dude, um, Anhauser, I think was his name, the the really annoying guy who eventually became um, commander-in-chief of the United States. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never get a moment of comeuppance for him. Like, you never get to see karma bite him back in the butt. Like, he should have been the first one off of the ship, and he should have breathed in poison air and turned into a toad or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Kind of looks like a toad. (laughs) No, but um, I I really would have liked to see, like, at least one moment of him. Because, you know, like, that's the thing you do in film, is when you have one character who's so obnoxiously cruel basically you give them their moment of comeuppance and he never Mm -hmm. gets it so i really would have liked to see that well see i almost feel like that's like a lesson to be learned it's like the good guys don't always live and the bad guys are sometimes the last ones to make it out because he's not a good person in general right just didn't care about anyone. He let his mom die. And he, like he, he didn't care about when the president was dying. He immediately took over from the president. He like just didn't care about anyone else but himself. And yeah. Um, so yeah, you never get that. And I almost feel like it is a lesson. It's like sometimes the bad guys get their way. It's just how it is. Sometimes the bad guy is gonna survive. 
to me, he's such a weird character in this movie because it's like, obviously, the writers wanted you to to not like him for the most part. But then it's all, like I have I even have an anti nitpick about him because there's that one point at the beginning of the movie where it's like the first time he meets Adrian. It's like in 2009 or whatever. And he goes up to him and he's like, sir, I really need you to read this. And he's like writing him off at first. He's like, this is a black tie event, blah, blah, blah. And then he, uh, uh, Adrian stands up for himself and makes him read it. First of all, I was surprised he actually read it. That was one of the anti-nitpicks. And second of all, I was surprised he actually like promoted him for it. Because usually in these types of movies, that that type of person is going to look at the thing and be like, yeah, I don't believe you. And then they're like the first to die because it actually happens. So I was I was very like taken aback by that actually. I didn't I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And it's just funny, I just thought about this. He's actually the um agent in um X Men first class that takes the X Men to that place. Oh my goodness. And he he gets murdered. By Hazazel, who just drops him. That's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't even realize that. That's that's pretty hilarious, actually. Huh. That's interesting. But yeah, uh, that's that's all my points, though. I I feel like he really deserved a moment, and that didn't happen. Which the idea, <laughs> well, I'm not asking for more screen time because they had too much already. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I get what you're saying. But yeah, it was just kind of, I feel like it was like a lesson. It's like, remember, the bad guys sometimes survive. But he wasn't like a bad guy in the sense of like, muhaha. He was just kind of a bad guy in the sense like, he almost didn't care for like people who he should have cared about because at the end of the day, they wanted humanity to survive, but he almost didn't care. Yeah, he's definitely an antagonist, though, because his ideology goes against who we think is the protagonist, uh, Adrian. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are we ready to do nitpicks, if you have any more? Because I know that a lot of your points were kind of nitpicks. Yeah, a lot of my points were nitpicks, so I don't have any. So you just um, go ahead and you start shooting, my friend, cause, and I'll just probably All just right. agree with what you say. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have too many because I've already kind of gone through some of them, but I'll do the ones I haven't talked about yet. First one I have is why would the U.S. Army bring, um, Cusack and his family to the main base? You know, like when they see him there, it's like they were waiting for him to be there. And then he was, and then they close in on him and was like, you can't be here, but wait, come with us. We'll bring you to base where there's top secret information and you get to meet like the scientists behind it all. So they do mm-hmm. that. Why, why didn't they just tell him to leave, you know? Like, <laughs> really dumb. Really dumb. Why didn't they kill him, honestly? Because they killed a bunch of other people that knew too much. Like, they make that a point, mm-hmm. a plot point in the movie. So I, that doesn't make sense. True, true. I guess because they were kids. Yeah, that's the only reason I can assume. But it is kind of like another plot hole. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> um another one i I think i mentioned it but it's really freaking lucky that gordon just happened to take some flying lessons and knew how to fly because that's really lucky 
Like, they should just made it the pilot, in my opinion. Don't have Gordon in the movie because he dies anyway. Just make it another pilot who eventually dies. You don't have to care about him or know about him. Because they have that thing with the kid, and he's like, I don't know why you don't like your the dude who's banging your ex-wife. And it doesn't even matter because he dies. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, here's another one. Um, it is literally so convenient, even more so than Gordon being able to fly, that the entire landmass of Ch- uh, Chaoming literally shifted just perfectly enough to be underneath the plane that Jackson and his family were in as they were running out of fuel. That is the most perfect mm-hmm. thing that happens in this film like i i i get that it's you know it's cinematic in the way that it's done and how they kind of set up for it and everything but it's still really freaking so convenient like you can't tell me that would have happened that perfectly because they literally like don't even have to walk anywhere they literally like get picked up from where they were at and go right to the arcs Mm mm-hmm Yep, yep, yep. I know. It's also, it's also lucky how they get picked up just because the the grandmother was like, hey, stop. We need to pick them up and save them because you're a monk. You're a good person, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, it. pretty much. Yep. That's how they get saved. Help your Thank fellow God. human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Indian dude from the beginning of the film, he literally only called Adrian at the end of the film, like right before he died, just to make him feel bad. In reality, if that was actually happening to you, you would not be calling some dude to make him feel bad. You'd be like spending every last waking moment with your family. But he takes the time as he's like watching a tidal wave to call Adrian and be like, hey, they never picked me up. You should feel bad about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that was like the the that was like the Coulson dying moment in Avengers, where they mm-hmm. like just have to have something push him over the edge real quick to to do the thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty was. much. <laughs> the Agent Coulson moment. And my last nitpick of this film is just <laughs> who decided to end this movie on the line no more pull-ups followed by nice that's the last line of this film freddy (laughs) (laughs) which writer did that (laughs) no 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 i'm I'm curious (laughs) why is that what you choose to end your film on about the end of the world. Uh, you're not going to like this, but um, Roland Emmerich must have had something to do with it because it says, written by Roland Emmerich and Harold Closer. So those two guys. Thank those guys because they're the ones who did I just, it. I just feel like they like got to the end of this film and they were like, man, we packed two and a half hours into this. We really can't do any more. The studio's not going to let us. So we just got to end it. Like, spitball like i need ideas uh, oh they talked about pull-ups at one point let's do that 
Yeah, that's that, that, that's pretty dumb. It almost sums up the movie with how stupid it ends, you know. Yeah, the ending is is by far the worst part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the actual, like the very ending, because like the human, the humanity stuff was also technically at the end, but that part I actually enjoyed. Yeah, I got you. And then, yeah, that, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. <laughs> well, I guess we've come to the portion of the show where we give our rating from one through ten. Thank God this is not a series. I would have hated that. But um, Connor, I'm going to let you go you know first. We're doing Independence Day next. Uh, no, I, I like kidding. Independence Day. I, dude, I love Independence Day. I would gladly do that. As long as we don't do the second I one. Seen I've it, never seen so. the second one. You've never seen Independence Day? Nah, man. Connor. Connor. I told you, I haven't Connor. seen a lot of uh, End of the World Connor. movies. Connor. <laughs> Literally. That's the, that's the movie you should watch every July 4th. Because they play it on mm-hmm. repeat on AMC all day. Like, Connor. Connor, come on now. Come on. Come on, Connor. I don't have cable, man. Like, you don't have to have that. cable, dude. You just go to a bar and they have that stuff playing, you know? <laughs> they got the football game and they got ind- or whatever's going on. They got that and they got Independence Day going on. Oh my goodness, yeah, I got you. What am I going to do with you? But yeah, so um, Connor, I'm going to let you go ahead and go with your 1 through 10 rating first because I want to keep the suspense of what mine is. Oh man, yeah, I uh, I'm a little bit nervous to hear yours. I hope it's not as bad as Dark Phoenix, but I uh, I gave this a solid six and a half out of ten. You know, it's good for popcorn. You'd en- you'd enjoy it if you like this type of thing. If not, find something else to watch. That's where I sit. Yep, Connor. Well, I'm in the camp. I need to find something else to watch because um, I I gave this movie a four. Oh, so it's man. uh it it's it's not um dark phoenix bad however i i still i would definitely not go to rewatch this movie willingly because like i'm gonna be honest when i saw like when we were talking about what movie to do i i have another movie i want to do because it i don't want it to disappear off of netflix and you were like well yeah. we gotta we gotta support the fans and i'm like god i so agree but there's only one movie I can see we can do, and I just don't want to do it. But here we are. We're doing it for you. But anywho, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, I gave it a four. So, um, <laughs> oh, you, so you, you said that this flick. was only worse than, and this was only better than one X-Men film. Yeah. Or did I say that right? I think you know what I mean. Yeah. So it did you not? Dark did you like X Men First cl- or not First Class? Uh, everyone likes X Men First Class. Did you not like this more than X Men: The Last Stand? Connor, I would watch X Men: Last Stand a hundred times before I watch this movie again. Ooh, I don't think I could, man. It's just I so could cringy. because I mean I, I probably would. I, yeah. I, I there's still like. That's still a superhero film that interests me. This film does not hold that interest on me because I'm just not into that, like, death for death. Because, like, I have this thing where I just don't like death because of death for death's sake. Yeah. It's just, it's just with me. Like, when I watch a war movie 
at the end of the day, they're dying for a cause. And in this, it was just kind of people getting killed to be killed. Yeah. Because I, the world is ending. That. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I would, I would definitely watch X-Men last stand over this a hundred times because that's just, it's just how I am. Like I, I understand there's probably people who like this more than X-Men last stand, which I can't, I can't tell you what your opinion is. It's your opinion. So, like, if you like this more than X-Men Last Stand, awesome. Keep liking this more than X-Men Last Stand. But me, personally, (laughs) I would much rather watch X-Men Last Stand. Now, if you said, would you rather watch this or Dark Phoenix? I would rather watch this movie a hundred times over than watch that piece (laughs) of crap, Dark Phoenix, ever again. Because it's just, (laughs) gosh darn it. That movie is just that's me with fantastic easy yeah I, I i i i know that so but um <laughs> there you have it guys yeah that's that's uh, so yeah 5.25 combined rating uh pretty average movie well a little mm-hmm. bit less than average i guess but yeah good deal man good deal it was not a great movie but good deal there you go guys so uh you've already um referenced it alluded to it next week we are going to do batman mask the phantasm because it's on netflix we are excited about it because neither of us have seen it so that's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about so i i hope you guys get just as excited as us because this is a superhero film me and him are both super big superhero fans i'm a huge batman friend i'm keeping up with all the comics currently so like this is the only animated batman feature that ever hit theatrical release i'm excited to watch it and review it for you guys i hope everyone goes on netflix and watches this film because it's available on netflix when something's available on netflix that's always great because you can just go and watch it so um if, if you guys can prepare for next week Go ahead and go watch um, Mask of the Phantasm on Netflix. It is on Netflix right now. Um, within a week, we are going to watch and review it because we don't want this movie to disappear and then you guys don't get a chance to watch it, especially me. Like I, 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 I really wanted to um, review this film because it's never seen it. I've heard loads of good things about it. So um, just uh, go watch that movie. And then we already we also have a plan for after that, which is geared towards another commenter. I'm not going to say it yet because I'm sure he's going to be excited. We're doing it. Um, and uh, maybe Connor, we could get him on one of the episodes if possible, because I feel like he's been wanting to be on ever since we started. So that would be great. <laughs> I but agree. Yeah, we'll talk about that. As long as we can work the scenes, out the- of course the audio stuff but yeah yeah i can talk with issues with that i I can talk with this person and we'll get that figured out but that's for a later date so um for now guys just go watch batman master the phantasm also on netflix like 2012 so um yeah that's that's my bit that's what i have to say cool man um so yeah i think we're gonna try to do this format for a little while just kind of like get a suggestion from you guys and then do something that we really want to do and then go back to another suggestion and kind of go back and forth like that. I think that's probably the, the best balance so that me and Freddie aren't watching like 20 movies we don't like in a row. 
more or less because we definitely want to do like there's no ish, there's no doubt about it we we do want to do stuff that you guys want us to do that's why we're here but we also want to watch movies and find good cinema so that's hence the name of the show so mm-hmm. um that's that's where we're at right now and then um one other thing um I'll take this out if we haven't really decided on this yet Freddie but I think we're going to go on a more of a bi-weekly schedule. I, I mean, we pretty much already have been doing that just because it's been taking me mm-hmm. a little bit longer than usual to edit these episodes. So instead of it being a weekly podcast, it's it's more becoming a bi-weekly podcast. And I kind of just want to more stick to that so that I have a more clear, a, a more clear goal to reach. I think that'll benefit me and you guys at the same time. So as long as Freddie's in agreement on that, then that's what we're going to do coming up uh, for the for our next several, you know, for the next good while. Yeah, um, I just just want to give Connor more time to work on things, especially since, you know, he's we're both working human beings. We work in the real world. We do stuff like that. And it just it'll help Connor out, especially um, especially right now, since um, I don't have a laptop that can get audacity or a really good editing software so right at this moment he's kind of been the sole source of editing and like thank god he's amazing at it but um i'm sure as soon as i can update my stuff maybe we can get it out weekly however for the time being guys it will become bi-weekly i know there's probably some sad faces out there right now being like no <laughs> what am i gonna listen to every week now it's like there's plenty of podcasts out there and uh, the fact <laughs> right. that you even give us a listen that's great to us like thank yeah, you thank all lot. of you for listening and uh, for those of you who commented on that post I put out, thank you for commenting. We're already, we did one already and we're going to do another suggestion. So um, at some point I will put out another suggestion post like, hey, what do you want to suggest? Do suggest movies that me and Connor haven't seen. Um, try to keep it like a general, more, not as much horror because we did get a horror um, suggestion. And I looked at the trailer and um, it did not look like a fun time for myself. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, Brinley. Um, we're not doing the Terrifier because I'm going to literally crap my pants the entire time. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. That's really funny. Just being honest. <laughs> Just being honest there, guys. <laughs> um, that's it, man. Yeah, just connect with us on Instagram. Um, I always say it every week, but at Cinema Secrets Pod, you know, reach out, talk to us. We want to talk to you guys, see what see what movies you guys like, see how, what you think of the movies we're reviewing. Eventually, I'd like to get it to the point where I can start using the poll feature so that we can suggest a couple different movies. We just don't have the audience size at the moment or the number of followers that would that would really go well with that because if only like three or four people are voting on a poll it could very easily tie out and then we're back at square square one you know so Mm -hmm. i do want to use that feature eventually but it'll take a little bit of time to get there yeah definitely definitely so um that's it for this week i don't know what else we have to say for now connor if you have anything else to add i'm good man i am good you can uh, go ahead and close this out man Oh, all right. I will. All right, guys. Well, it has been another week seeking cinema with 
the Cinema Seekers. I am Freddy, and my friend is... I am Connor. And he's Connor, guys. He's Connor, and together we make the Cinema Seekers podcast. And until the next time we see you guys, go out there, seek cinema, and we'll see you later. Thank you.